When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on this day where the operative words are all rise and we have far more than two words to say about them. We're going to find out what you think in a half hour. I will give you uh, the number to call and I will tell you when to do it. Don't call now. I don't want you sitting on hold all morning long. But I will open up the phones to you and your thoughts on Aaron Judge and his 61st home run yesterday. And we've already heard from Hembo. We've heard from Nuno. We've heard from Bubba. And now I'm delighted. To bring my friend Dan Graziano into the studio here. He is my NFL insider extraordinaire, and I have a few big-picture NFL questions I want to get to. But for those who don't know, Dan Graziano was a baseball writer before you switched to covering football. How long ago? Twelve years ago. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Like oh. everyone at ESPN associates you, of course, yeah. with football. Uh, I didn't work for ESPN when I covered baseball. But you did for a long time, yep. and you covered, uh, you, including in 1998, when oh, Sammy yeah. Sosa and Mark McGuire did what they did. So I just want to give you the floor for a minute here. What are your thoughts, big picture or small, on Aaron Judge and all of the attendant conversations? I think the fact that it hadn't, like no one's even threatened this number in so long, you know, you felt like when the records fell and when obviously we found out everything that was going on behind that, you felt like, well, the numbers will never be the same. And to some extent, that's true. Like, 61 just doesn't hold the same kind of, you know, place in, in the baseball fan psyche that it used to. Uh, and, and that's the reason, right? Because we got, we got sort of numbed to it, and then uh, the records are now in question in terms of legitimacy and all that. But I think the fact that it hadn't happened since, I mean, it's obviously a standout. It's not like people are drafting him, right? It's not like there's somebody at 56 and another guy at 52. I mean, like he's way, way beyond. So it's almost like, you know, Babe Ruth level stuff where you're, where you're just sort of lapping the field. So on one hand, you have to appreciate how remarkable a season he's having, especially under the circumstances of a contract year. Uh, and on the other, you think back to a time when, oh, man, this would have been the national story, and, you know, I don't know that it is. Well, no. Look, I mean, 1998 is the perfect example of that. Yeah. Any of us who are old enough to remember it, and you were covering the sport, and I was working here at ESPN in 1998, like the evening news would yeah. break into oh, there yeah. at bat. Uh, I mean, Mark McGuire wound up doing cameos on the most popular TV shows of the day. I remember him on an episode of Mad About You. Like, uh -huh. they became mega stars. This was what everyone in America was talking about, and now it's only ESPN cutting into his at bat because yep. this has sort of been relegated to being a sports story and one that even we in sports don't know exactly how to contextualize so here's my idea you know what i may not get to the football with graziano so fast heck Sorry, i want to talk about all this. football season for hembo that. give me those numbers i asked you for before i asked him for these numbers to to, to to further illustrate your point that this year judge is just obliterating everybody oh yeah and he brought up well the year bonds did it sosa was close behind and the year mcguire did it sosa was close behind and i said it wasn't just them what were some of the other numbers those seasons? 1996, Brady Anderson hit 50. I remember. He never had more than 24. Mm -hmm. In 2001, Luis Gonzalez hit 57. Mm -hmm. He never had more than 31. In 1996, Ken Caminetti had 40. He never hit more than 29. 
1998, Greg Vaughn hit 50. The year before, he hit 18. In 2001, Sean Green hit 49. The year before, he hit 24, and on and on it goes. Right, so, so there you have it. So, again, this is an open and shut case. As I said to Costas the other day, in, in a court of law, this would constitute uh, proof beyond a reasonable doubt of just how much an outlier those times were. And so here's my suggestion, because I asked Graziano on TV this morning, as one who, and, and you said it, you don't, when you were a Hall of Fame voter, you didn't vote for McGuire, you didn't vote for Bond, you didn't vote for Sosa. I actually would vote for them, mm-hmm. which is a position that I've changed over the years. But here's what else I would do. And I'm going to bring up football for it. Okay. It is not reasonable to compare the number of yards in a season that Jim Brown rushed for in the early 1960s to the number that who's the best running back in the NFL right now. I don't care. Derrick Henry Mm -hmm. might rush for now because Jim Brown played 12 games that year and Derrick Henry will play 17. Right. And it is, I think there's nothing wrong with the idea that we could in the NFL record book have separate designations. This is the record for a 12-game season. This is the record for a 14-game season. This is the record for a 16-game season. It's not diminishing anything or anyone. It's not ignore. It's it's the opposite of ignoring. It, it is actually adding some context mm-hmm. to the fact that sports history goes back a long way and things have changed. And I think you could do the same thing with this, which is to say, don't throw Bond's record out. Don't pretend it didn't happen because we all know what happened. Mm-hmm. But you can make a delineation between pre and post 2005 when drug testing was instituted in the sport and say this was the record before and now this is the record after. I think that's a perfectly reasonable way to approach this. What do you think? Yeah, it, you could. But I mean, like you, you don't most of the people who follow this stuff aren't going to get that granular about it. Right. Like when you talk about what the home run record is. Like, you're not going to have too many people who want to get into that level of conversation, right? Like, like oh, the home run. I know it's 73 because I saw Bonds do it. Well, I know it's, it's 61 because I know those guys were cheating. Like, like it's just, I don't know. Like we, so one of the criticisms we used to get about the Hall of Fame voting was, well, how can you pretend that never happened, right? Like how, and, and you're not. Like my answer was, you're not. If you go to Cooperstown, New York, mm. and to the Hall of Fame Museum, all the Bonds and Clemens and Sosa and McGuire stuff is there, and, and all of it is acknowledged in terms of what happened, and it's put in context, right? There, there's talk about it. There's the ball was stamped with the asterisk and all that. They just don't get a plaque in the room downstairs where the all-time greats are enshrined. That's the only thing. You're not whitewashing history. You're saying they're not worthy of this honor because of the way they went about it, the way I believe they went about it. So uh, I think... I think what you're talking about already happens, right? Like you could make an NFL record book that had those distinctions in it. And, and frankly, the NFL official record book may even have those. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. But um, I think ultimately, you know, you're going to have people on whatever side they want to be on to take that position. Oh, no, Bonds, you can't delegitimize, delegitimize Bonds because everybody was doing it. The pitchers were doing it, too. You know, all those arguments are... They muddy it, but they're, they're legit. What do you think of this, Hembo? Well, I'm looking at the NFL record and fact book right now. And in their record and fact book, 
there are obviously distinctions for the stats and for the seasons, yeah. but no distinctions for how many games were in the season okay. or anything of that kind. So that's not something that they do either. I, I would be in favor hmm. of them doing it. We will see. You know what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? It's because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just seventy nine ninety nine. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I, I'm going to get to uh, your calls on Judge and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, and I'm going to get to the football questions for Graziano too. But before we do that... I teased earlier and never got to it. The one list in sports I would most like to be on. It is not on the list of most home runs hit in a season. It's not on a list of anything like that. It is on the list that I read from Forbes.com of the richest owners in Mm. professional sports. If you're like me, you're fascinated by this. I don't know why, but I loved reading this yesterday. For the eighth consecutive year, Steve Ballmer is the richest owner in professional sports. He was the CEO of Microsoft for a generation. His net worth is estimated at $83 billion. Uh, That is down $13.5 billion from where he was because of Microsoft's stock valuation. He's the eighth richest person in the world. He has been the richest owner in sports since he bought the Clippers in 2014. The Walton family, which bought the Broncos recently, they're the second richest owners in sports. They are the Walmart heir, Rob Walmart, or Walton, excuse me, is worth $56 billion. Did you know that of the Forbes 400 richest people in the world, 50 of them own professional sports teams? Yeah. It's incredible to me. You want to hear who they come from in the different sports? Jerry Jones is number seven. The Cowboys are the most valuable sports franchise in the world, valued at $8 billion. David Tepper, who owns the Panthers, mm-hmm. is actually three on the list. Steve Cohen, Bubba, who owns the Mets, is number five oh, yeah. on the list. He is the richest owner in baseball. Uh, maybe, am I the only one? I'm just fascinated by reading this. I don't know why, but I am fascinated by these numbers. I think what's fascinating about the numbers is, like, you talk about the difference between one and two is from $83 billion down to $56 like, Think about that. You're talking about a $27 billion difference <laughs> right. between one and two. Like, they're not in the same stratosphere as each other. Not only that, but I, I want to point out to everyone that when I say... Rob Walton is worth $56.7 billion. The point seven is $700 million. <laughs> so we kind of ignore yeah. the point seven. <laughs> the point seven is more than all of us in this room's families will ever have in the next 50 generations. The point seven, it's a rounding error. It's $700 million. If, you, if I just met someone and I said, how much money are you worth? And they said, I'm worth $700 million. Hey, you'd be impressed. You'd be like, that's the single richest person <laughs> I will encounter in this year. And it's, 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 it's it can, a forgotten about decimal point in the net worth of these people see, who own these teams. See, I'll probably encounter Jerry Jones at some point this year. So, no, that, that wouldn't be the richest. Right. But, but, I mean, like, you know, it's funny because I always tell this story that we were at an owner's meeting a couple of years ago. And I was at the Biltmore in Phoenix and these guys were checking into the hotel. The owners were checking, and their rooms weren't ready. And the hotel, like the front desk was trying to tell these billionaires, that, and like they couldn't understand what right. they were talking about. Like, what do you mean my room's done? Like, well, you know, you can get changed and you can go to the pool. Or no, 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 I go to my room now. Like, like they, like they, they live in a different world yeah. than the rest of us do. Like, it, it might as well be a different planet. Uh, my suspicion is some of them are, are looking into that. 
um, and they may pull it off at some point. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy when you talk about that. That is fair. Greeny brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. So I have two things left I want to do in the show today. I want to go through these big picture NFL questions, and I want to get in the phone calls on Aaron Judge. Can you stick around for the football questions? Sure. All right, beautiful. Graziano's going to stay. We will do those next. Plus, uh, and Major League Baseball did reach out to me about a discussion we had last week. They are right. We need to get to that, plus the smelliest NFL line of the weekend, according to Hembo. All that is on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Someone help me with this. Is our stage manager, Brandon, out of his mind? He's telling me that beef barley is a superior soup to minestrone. And there are no words to describe how strongly I disagree with that. We order in food from a deli almost every day here during the show. And Brandon and I will go in on these orders together. And every day I say, what's the soup of the day? We find out what the soup of the day is. And I, he said minestrone. I got all excited. He says, well, it's no beef barley. Mm-hmm. That's a ridiculous position to take. True or false? I think it's false. I'm with him. You're going beef barley over yeah, minestrone. I am. I am. That is ridiculous. Hembo? I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what minestrone is. I thought oh, it was, first of all, pronounced minestrone, but I've never had it. Well, we've had, a, we've had a, a, a syntax dis- discrepancy I mean, I on that one I everything well. correctly. It's minestrone. Oh, okay. Everything. I, I mean, I, okay, fair enough. But that's really not the point of the story. If, if you were to have, right now, if I told you, here's a bowl of beef barley and here's a bowl of minestrone, which one are you having? I would have the beef barley soup. 
This is more recognized. I need to find a different collection of people to work with. I really do. Well, that's obvious. Your taste in soup is insane. Greeny coming to you live, as always, above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. All right, let's get to some takes here. Greeny's Takes. All right, and Graziano's going to do them with me. So, uh, Hembo, I'll have you ask the questions. You got them there in the Google Doc, but I'm going to set up the Belichick one by playing Cranky Bill yesterday. So, Bill being asked about Mac Jones's injury and then offering a response as only Bill can. Day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor, an orthopedic surgeon? Like, I don't know. Talk to the medical experts. What are the medical experts on staff said? Day by day. <laughs> we'll evaluate him. Day by, I mean, what difference does it make to me? What do, you, do you think I'm going to read the MRI? Like, that's not my job. So. But it's theirs, and they, they talk to you about it, right? Yeah, it's day by day. Day by day. Graziano, your reaction? I think he does probably want to read the MRI, and he may have. Like, I, I, the idea that, that he doesn't get detailed reports from his medical people that he could, if he wanted to, share publicly is ludicrous. I mean, I, this, this is one of the great detail men of all time. I, I'm sure he knows exactly what's wrong with Mac Jones and, uh, and just doesn't want to say. Not only that, but if when he said, talk to the medical people, you would then said, okay, yeah, can you please bring, bring the out. medical people out yeah. here? Uh, there's no way in the world they well, would bring the medical people out. We used to go back and forth when I covered the Giants with Coughlin about the injuries, and he's like, I'm just coaching the guys who were here. And we're like, but injuries are like the story every week. But at one point he said in a press conference, like, I might as well just like have the PR staff come out and hand you the injuries before the press conference. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> and then he did. So that, <laughs> that was it. Okay. So, so, but here's the, the real question. Yeah, sorry. Is this a little different? So we just talked about billionaires on this show. Uh-huh. And I've seen Robert Kraft a lot lately. I saw him at the NBA Finals left and right. He was all over mm-hmm. the place. The Celtics are in the finals. He's sitting there courtside. I was at the U.S. Open, and there he was sitting right on the court watching the tennis. He is, you know, super visible. Mm-hmm. He loves that. And this is not a criticism. I love Robert Kraft. He, he is a, a – I think he's a terrific person. And he – but he likes the spotlight, as many billionaires do. He likes the celebrity. I don't think he likes his team feeling as completely irrelevant as it does now. At what point do you think he loses some patience with this and then what happens? Yeah, it's very difficult to predict what the billionaire will do, right? Because we don't, we can't, it's hard to put yourself in his, in his uh, mindset. Um, I, I think it's getting dicey there. I, I think we're, we're at a point where it's testing people's patience. And if, the, if this season were to bottom out, like – there to have a bad year, like a top five pick kind of year, um, that, that conversation might get started, right? Like, well, what, what comes next and when will that be? And the thing I have to remember is, like, when and if Robert Kraft decides to do that, to make a change, it's not just replacing a head coach. He's got to replace a GM, too, because Belichick is both and has been forever. So it's a complete sort of program shift, uh, you know, kind of a new battery, if you will, that, that would, uh, you know, would represent a significant change. The thing is, they know it's coming at some point, right? I mean, Bill's in his 70s, and, and at some point it'll happen. But I, I, I get the sense things are a little just sort of not great up there in terms of how the people in charge feel about it. To be it. clear, I would believe, I would assume 
that this is not a decision. There will not be a firing. No, 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 leaves the no, Patriots. no. He'll have he some won't say in what happens. Yes. Yeah, they, they, will, yes. they will decide together I to that's go correct. their separate ways. Now, here's the other piece of it, though. I know Bill is 70, but I think Bill is a lifer. I think if they were to make that decision at the end of this season, I do not think it is beyond the realm of possibility that he coaches somewhere else. I, yeah, again, it's speculation. I, I don't know him. You know, the, the press How conference. How was Dick Vermeil when he got hired in Kansas City? Not in St. Louis, but yeah, in no, Kansas I know what you City. Mean. I don't know. After he left the Rams, the Rams won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and Dick Vermeil cried his way into the sunset because his wife wanted him to retire and all that stuff. And then a I year remember. or two later, he came back. How old was he? He was 65. So he was 65 when he became the coach of Kansas City? He finished in Kansas City before he turned 70. But what year was that that he became coach of Kansas City? 2001. So, okay, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Like, you know, 70 may be I the thought new he was 65. Older than that. Yeah, but 70 is, I mean, look, I mean, Carroll is that old and Belichick and these guys. I would not be stunned. Anyway, I want to get a few more questions in here. Let's just see, keep an, a close eye on what's going on up in New England. In the meantime, Hembo, why don't you throw a couple of other quickies at me and Graziano? All right, do we think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East after what we've seen the last two weeks? No. No. They won it last year. You can't, can't repeat in the NFC East. I, I will die on this hill. I, I'll be shocked if they win it. No, I, I think the Eagles have the better team overall. And, and going into the season, the question was, well, obviously the Cowboys have the better quarterback. And that may still be true, but it's not as obviously true as we thought it was before the season started because of the way Jalen Hurts is playing. I, I'm still picking the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, look, right now, if you told me I had to bet my, you know, my house mm-hmm. on one of these two teams to win the division, I would bet on the Eagles. But I think the Cowboys are much better than most people thought they were. And sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you turns out to be the best thing that can mm-hmm. happen to you, which is to say when they lost their quarterback, they had to, by definition, become less reliant on the quarterback, and they have leaned into things they're actually good at. They're not going to be great at flinging the ball all over the yard this year, not because Dak can't do it, because he doesn't have the people to fling it to, and he doesn't have the blockers to protect him to do that. But what he does have is guys who can run block, he's got good running backs, he's got receivers who will get better as the season goes on, and they have a championship-caliber defense. I think the Cowboys are going to be in the race the whole season. Yeah, I think that's fair. And look, I mean, after week one, when he got hurt and they lost and they looked so bad losing – you know, talking to people there, the sense was that's not what we were supposed to look like on offense. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they felt like it would get better, and, and, and it has. I have just one minute. Skip to the last one. All right. Um, let's see here. The Bears and Giants, they play this weekend. They do. I'll be there. One of them will be 3-1. and one, They will. Which is likelier to make the playoffs. If I told you right now, one of these two teams is making the playoffs. I've never seen two 2-1 two and one teams dismissed the way these two teams have been dismissed <laughs> this week. And I get it. I'm not sitting here uh, forecasting greatness for either. But if I'm sitting here telling you right now one of them is going to make the playoffs, which one would you bet on? Man, that is tough. Because I'm with you. I don't think either. I, I guess the Giants' defense looks like it has a chance to actually be somewhat legit of, of the four units on that we're talking about, both offenses, both defenses. Yeah. I, I would, I, so I guess I'd, I'd hedge that way. But I think the Giants have a tougher division, though. Well, yeah, maybe not. Maybe. I don't know how good Detroit is. Like, Detroit is the big wild card in all of this to me. Maybe I take it back. Maybe the much-maligned NFC North is actually a better division. Hmm, maybe. 
Bottom line, I think these are two rebuilding teams that have had more success in the first three weeks than we probably would have expected. That's probably fair. All right, go someone get Graziano a bowl of soup. Thank you, my man. We appreciate it. We will get back to the baseball here. Again, uh, MLB did reach out to me about something from last week. We'll get to that. We will take your calls coming up next on Aaron Judge at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. What is your perspective on what last night's home run meant? Plus, the smelliest line of the NFL week on the way on ESPN Radio. Day by day. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I just heard in what was a promo for the Canty and Carlin radio show, Chris Canty and, and, and Chris Carlin were talking about something we were just talking about here, and that is Bill Belichick. And what might his future look like in New England? And Canty just said he could then just go and become the general manager. I do not see that. I do not think Bill became a, is, is a football person because he wanted to evaluate personnel. He wants to go do all the things that a general manager does. To be clear, he has the final say on personnel, but he doesn't do the things that most general managers do. He's not going to, um, you know, scout college football games every weekend and all that kind of stuff because he is too busy being the coach of the team. He has other people to do that, just none of them have the title of general manager. Scott Pioli used to do that for him for years in New England, and, and so that's that. I do not think this is the, that's the end of the business Bill wants. I think Bill wants to be a football coach. Bill is a football coach. His father was a football coach. And look, for all the fun we have uh, with, with Bill here, day by day. you know how much I admire the guy. I mean, you, if you don't respect that guy as a football coach, then I don't know what you've been paying attention to. And I, do not, I am not one who takes the struggles of the Patriots and say, I'm going to add up one plus one and get two and suggest that because Brady is still succeeding at a higher level, that it was all Brady and not Bill. Now, 
the big was it Brady or Bill question. Does this mean that maybe it was a little more Brady than Bill? It might. I mean, it probably does, candidly. But maybe it's always the player more than it is the coach. But I don't think it was 90% Brady and 10% Bill. Mm. I don't think Bill was along for the ride. I don't think he was in the right place at the right time. I don't think he was lucky. I think he was integral to the success that Brady and all the rest of them had. I've got two questions for you. Quick. Will Bill, Bel- Will Bill Belichick ever coach for a team other than the New England Patriots? I don't think it's impossible. I, I, here's what I will say. I think he will coach another five years. And if Kraft decides that's not going to be in New England, then it'll be somewhere okay, else. Okay, so five years. He is 37 wins shy of Don Shula's record. Hmm. Will he get there? 37 divided by five. Yes. He will. Well, he, he can go under 500 every one of those years and still get there, Yeah, but right? not by much. No, I think he will. You think he will? Yes. How many games is the team going to win this year? Well, how hurt is Mac Jones? Because right now he's... Day by day. If you told me that they're going to be without their quarterback for six weeks, that might change my perspective on this season. All right. We pause 15 seconds and then your calls on ESPN Radio. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, and it is now your chance to be part of Greeny Nation. It's the Dr. Pepper call in line. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888 ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. And in college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. And so uh, it is time for your calls here. I want to know what you think of Aaron Judge hitting 61 home runs and what you will think when he hits 62. What does it mean? Is it the record? Should they make it the record? Should they strike the others from the record book? Should they include this in a creative way in the record book? What does it all mean to you? That's my question. Then we got to get to some stuff that baseball sent me, and we got to get to the smelliest line of the NFL weekend. So we still have all that coming here in the next few minutes. But right now to the calls. Bubba, who's up? We'll start with Tom. All right, Tom, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Tom, go. All right, hi. First of all, I'm a huge fan, Greeny, and uh, I'm a huge Yankee fan, huge uh, Aaron Judge fan, but uh, it's it's not going to be the it's not the record to me. I mean, you know, uh, it's going to be whatever it is the American League record for what that's worth. And I mean, there's there's just uh, that's all I got to say. All right, Tom. Well, thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it. Sounds like he kind of lost his train of thought there in the middle. Might have been distracted. By something on the stove. I'm not sure what wound up happening, but Tom, but I appreciate the call. Look, I, I, what am I going to argue with you? I can't tell you you're wrong. It isn't the record. So I'm not sitting here telling you, no, that is that is an inaccuracy. I don't agree with it, though, obviously. I'm with you. Like, the fact that it is the American League record is merely coincidental. I don't know the, the, the record for most passing yards in the NFC or anything else like it. The, the Southwest Division scoring leader in the NBA. Like, it's just... A freaking coincidence. You actually make a very interesting point, which is to say, let's just live in a world in which Barry Bonds or any of them, uh, even what, what, where did Sosa wind up? What was the biggest season he had? I know McGuire was 65. What was the biggest season? McGuire was 70, excuse me. Sosa's was 66. 66. So, so let's say that Sosa had hit his 66 in the American League. He was at one time in life traded from the White Sox to the Cubs. Let's say he had done that as a White Sox instead of a Cub. And this wasn't the American League record. What would it then be? The nothing? He would just be passing Roger Maris and it would be for, there would be no historical 
record of it whatsoever. So let me ask you, in 2001, he hit 64 home runs for the Cubs. If he had done that for the White Sox, like you said, are we doing Aaron Judge cut-ins for the last week and a half? See, I think we are. You think we are? I don't think we're cutting into programming because he's going to catch the American League record. I think we're cutting into programming because so many people who love the sport can still consider this the most significant total you can hit. It is more important to pass Maris than it is to pass Bonds. Mm. You're also never going to pass Bonds. You'll be waiting for something that will never happen. They'll have to extend the season to 200 games. It's never going to happen. So unless you want to have artificially placed the record in a place that it can never be approached, then I think the creative thinking is a reasonable approach. And one more thing. If this is any other player on any other team and not the best player on the Yankees, you still think we're doing the cut-ins? Well, it's very hard for someone who's not the best player on a team to hit 60 if, if, home runs. If your Don Alvarez on the Astros had 60 home runs last night, you think we're still cutting in? I don't think it gets nearly the attention. Mm. No, look, the Yankees have always driven the bus in the sport. Aaron Judge is a super high-profile person and player. He's one of a small handful of baseball current baseball players whose names resonate beyond the, the hardcore baseball fan in, in this day and age. So I think that's a, a fair point. That's a, that's a completely reasonable point. But I do think the conversation is skewed if Sosa had hit those home runs on the south side of Chicago rather than the north side. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Mike. All right, Mike, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give me a take, Mike. Go. Weenie, the best season in the history of Major League Baseball. Look at all his stats. 61 home runs for the New York Yankees. Clean. A pure baseball player. Pure sport. Like you said, it's history. They should cut in. They should show everything. It should be celebrated. Steroids are steroids. Put them in a separate branch. Yeah, I, I like it. Mike, I like the call. And again, I, I have come around on this so much. I, I used to be, keep the, the steroid guys out of the Hall of Fame. Again, I've changed my perspective on that with my more nuanced understanding of just how prevalent performance-enhancing drugs were in the sport and in all sports for a significant period of time. And to some degree still are. You know this stuff that's being used out there right now they can't test for. There's always going to be people trying to stay ahead of the of the law on this stuff. But you do the best you can. They've instituted testing, and I think there's no question it feels different now. The numbers suggested is completely different now. So I'm in favor of making it different. And, yes, I mean, Aaron Judge is someone that I think people can be excited about. He's got a likability quotient that is off the charts. I think the way he's handled this, the humility with which he has done it, the respect he has shown to the Maris family, while not disrespecting Bonds and Sosa and McGuire, I think he has handled this extraordinarily well. And I thought it was telling. Last night, Roger Maris Jr. was asked after the game about this whole thing, and he said, this is the legit record. This is the actual champ. I think it means a lot, and that's not just for me. I think it means a lot for a lot of people, you know, that uh, he's clean, he's a Yankee, he plays the game the right way, and, uh, you know, I think it gives people a chance to look at somebody who, uh, you know, should be revered for hitting 62 home runs and not just as a, a guy who did it in the American League. He should be revered for, you know, being the actual single season home run champ. I mean, that's really who he is if he hits 62. And, uh, and I think that's what needs to happen. I think baseball needs to look at the records, and I think baseball should do something. There you have it. That's Roger Maris Jr. What does his opinion mean? Well, nothing and everything at the same time. Certainly worth hearing. And 
I think that there is a compromise. There is a happy medium we can find in this debate, or in this circumstance. And I, for one, think we should. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Anthony. Anthony, give me a take. What do you got? Hey, Greeny, it's a uh, it's an honor and a privilege to speak to you. Uh, huge fan. Thank um, you. So, no problem. Um, I feel that you can't strike, you know, bonds. What they what they all did. No one's ever going to touch it. But you know, it, like you like you've been saying, it has to be. You know, there's an asterisk or something. Um, you know, with it uh, and with with judges' season. I mean, I I, I want to give a little homework to Hembo, if I may. The, he's he has 25% of Yankees offense, literally, you know, everything, you know, in total, he has 25% of the Yankees offense. Has there ever been a player that has done that? Well, Hembo happens to be, call, it's an excellent call. Hembo is sitting next to me. Is there a way to quantify? I mean, obviously it's war, right? We, we can quantify how many wins uh, he is responsible for, but can you, you heard the question. Can you put some perspective to it? I can easily look up the highest percentage of a player's uh, team's home runs. But like for the war thing, Otani is you know a higher percentage of his team's war because they have so little war because they stink. Right. So I can try and quantify it. I'm not sure it's going to get us to a How satisfactory How about the total play. offense, though? Not just home runs. What do you mean by total offense? Like How total, many total bases, runs this runs, team RBI? Sco- well, I don't think we're going to do bases and all that stuff. How many runs the team have scored and how many of them he's responsible for, which is to say his RBIs plus his runs scored. Runs produced. Runs produced equals what percentage of the total number of runs they've scored this year? I'll try. I'll try. That, that should be a reasonably easy thing to do, I think. Right? I, 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 here's what I think. We have eight minutes left in the show. Hembo will have that for us in the next eight minutes. That's my prediction. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's how prolific my man Hembo is. He is the Aaron Judge of looking up statistics. Let me get one more here, Bubs. Go. Let's go to Chuck. All right, Chuck. Give me one last take on this whole thing. What do you think? Chuck. Uh, Chuck's Hello. killing us. Chuck. Come on, Chuck. Go, Chuck. Hey, thank you. Hey, Grady, you always compliment everybody on their careers. Congratulations on yours. You know, they talk about whether Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire ought to be in the Hall of Fame. Roger Maris ought to be in the Hall of Fame. They said, well, he is an average player. How can you say he was an average player when he was MVP in 61 and 62, uh, world champions, then he went to the Cardinals and led the Cardinals to the World Series or helped lead him to the World Series? So uh, I would like to just see it, Greg. Instead of talking about those other guys getting in the Hall of Fame, Let's do a little grassroots. You get old Roger Maris in the Hall of Fame. Uh, hold on, hold on. Hey, Chuck, instead of your Roger Maris point, where the heck yeah, are you yeah, calling from? Where are you calling from, <laughs> Chuck? Are you, like, thing. traveling across the country to the Old West yeah. gold mining? Is he going to war in 1940? Like, <laughs> what's happening here? Where are you calling from, Chuck? I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Kansas, the real Pittsburgh in the United States. Pittsburgh, Kansas. Why are you shouting like the that? The great town. <laughs> well, are you at a train <laughs> station? No, no, I just, uh, I didn't know. I'm, I'm, da- I'm kind of deaf. I grew up with Madeline Maris and those guys, so I don't hear very well, so I talk a little louder than Oh, I'm shit. sorry. Uh, we shouldn't sorry be joking around. You are a terrific caller, and thank you very much for your passion and for your call. And and now I hope that Nuno is embarrassed with it himself. It wasn't about him yelling. It was having... about the background noise. Well, there was trains. There was all I, that I, stuff. I had no problem with him him yelling. It, it did was sound... about the background noise. There was something very unusual about that entire phone call. That, that whole experience was quite unusual. 
But it was also a very nice call, and I appreciate Look, I like older sports fans because I'm rapidly becoming one, and I was very much raised by one, and I appreciate the history of this stuff. Should Roger Maris be in the Hall of Fame? Roger Maris should be in the Hall of Fame. I feel fairly strongly about that. He didn't even get close when he was eligible years ago, but he held the most endu- one of the most enduring records in the sport, and he was not a one-trick pony. He won, he won two MVPs. Thank you for the call, uh, and I apologize for the nastiness of the members of the team here uh, in response to it. Actually, you told me an interesting little nugget if, uh, about how long he held the American, quote-unquote, American League record. Yes, the vaunted American League home run record. So the American League started in 1901. All right, So that means this is the 122nd season of play in the American League. Roger Maris has held the single-season home run record of 61 for exactly 61 seasons. I, I went back and I actually calculated the number of days. He held the outright record for more days, 22,277, than all of the others who held it combined. That number is 22,081. So it's just a, there's so many different little symmetrical points of interest when it comes to what he has done here. And very quickly, you were doing some homework for the one guy who called in. What percentage is he? 25%, just like the caller said, 25.3%. So runs produced is runs plus RBI minus home runs, naturally, because you can't count that twice. The Yankees have scored 785 runs as a team. That means Aaron Judge by himself has accounted for one of every four runs the Yankees have scored. And, and, and do we have some context of just how high a percentage that is? I mean, is it historically high? It doesn't appear to be historically high, and, and honestly, because the Yankees have scored a lot of runs right so like that's he's being penalized for having a decent lineup around it okay fair enough I wanted to mention very quickly we had a conversation last week that stemmed from the a picture of the Pittsburgh Pirates ballpark of PNC Park in Pittsburgh in which there appeared to be like 800 people sitting in the stands and we joked around about it and then that turned into a conversation about one of the biggest problems in sports is incentivizing losing and candidly, if you've ever watched my show, you know that this, I have said many times, this was a far bigger problem in the NBA than anywhere else. This was a major problem in basketball. And to his credit, the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, has done something about it. They changed the ping pong balls, as you know, the way all that stuff happens in the lottery. And we did not mention that Major League Baseball has done the same. And I did speak to some of my friends over there, and I wanted to pass along. They wanted me to pass along, and they are right. That we should not say they're not doing anything about it. They have made changes in their collective bargaining agreement that are similar. Where teams don't just get the first pick by having the worst record and all that. They've made changes that, at the risk of getting deeply into exactly what they are, we can say they are similar to what the NBA has done with their ping pong balls. The difference is... In the NBA, like one player, Zion Williamson, is going to change an entire Mm. franchise... And in baseball, like you're drafting a 17-year-old catcher from Georgia who maybe in five years is going to change everything. So they're not the same thing, but I think it is. I appreciate them letting me know, and I think it was important to pass that along. It's obviously a step in the right direction for baseball. I will say this. If they want to start to really, really take this seriously, a salary floor is what they need. And in fairness to the owners, they proposed one for $100 million with a $180 million cap. The players rejected it. This year, there are eight teams that had an opening day salary below $100 million. That, I think, is sort of the golden goose. That is the one thing baseball could do or might do that would go a long way. All right. One, so, so we appreciate them uh, weighing in with that. And anytime we get anything either wrong or that there's some question about, we're not perfect up here. I'm more than happy to make sure we correct the record. All right, one last piece of business. Hashtag KOD. 
the kiss of death. Hembro's got an expression. You think tonight's line is smelly. I think t- tonight's line is smelly. So the Bengals, the one and two Bengals, are hosting the three and O Dolphins. The three and O Dolphins, who have been atop the power rankings all week long on every network, right? Right. The Bengals are a three and a half point home favorite tonight over the Dolphins. That is the definition of a smelly line. Now, you say that because you think they're trying to sucker the public in here? Are you telling, is, is there a, a lean the public has one way or the other? So far, there is no public lean, but they are most definitely preying on those who watched the Dolphins win last week against who we all thought was the best team in football, expecting a lot of money to come in on them. All right, well, I will make my official KOD pick. I believe the Bengals are going to win this game tonight. I believe they're going to win it big. So my official pick is Miami, plus the three and a half. We'll see how we do, and we'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.